greetings, Kristen Wombach. I bid you welcome to a mystical episode, one that sings of the joys of living in the present, immersed in its wonders like a sponge. The moments that whisk us away into a realm of pure awe and the encounters that transform even the bleakest of days into radiant ones. They are an elixir of life. (laughs) As an author, an ordained pastor, an entrepreneur, and yep, oh my goodness, I'm juggling five online stores. Like you, I cherish these moments of spiritual nourishment and encouragement They are rooted in the now of Him, the now of Jesus Christ. If you too yearn to relish the present, to feel it deep within your soul, then this is the episode for you. For amidst the chaos of our daily grind, it's all too easy to miss out on life's sweetest offerings. But fear not, as we unlock the secrets to living in the moment, in this moment. We are sharing seven different keys that will help you to savor every second and make it the divine. (laughs) We leave no stone unturned. Uh -uh. So sit back, take a sip of your favorite hot drink or glass of wine and let me guide you to the best life that Jesus Christ has in store for you. I'll see you on the inside. Hello from the Pacific Northwest. This is Kristen from KristenWombach.com and you're listening to Intentional Now Podcast. Answer me this. How does a Baptist farm girl from Oregon stumble upon the mystical nature of Christ, the love of God? If you're like me, Jesus has redefined what you used to say yes to. Join me and my guest on a mystical journey. But before we talk about the spiritual woo-woo, you need to know I am totally sold out to Jesus. It's amazing what the love of God reveals. Hi, we're back. It's after Thanksgiving. Yay! And yes, I did get those pies made. (laughs) Oh, it's good to laugh. All right, everybody all together now. Breathe in. Yep. (laughs) And we naturally breathe out and relax when we laugh. We laugh at ourselves, we laugh, we lighten up, and we say, God is good. And here we are, we are together again today. And I have more encouragement from the kingdom of heaven that you and I are sitting in today. 
Okay, welcome, welcome. If you are a brand new listener, hello. I am glad you are here. And guess what? Jesus has also redefined what I used to say yes to. That is just a common thing for us. So let's get going. This is part two of seven keys to live in the moment in the moment, in the now, into the breathe in and the breathe out. But before we jump in with our arms wide open, let's do just a little recap. Okay, amen? (laughs) If you missed listening to part one, that is episode 133, I left the link in the main episode description, which makes it super easy for you to find it. Just just click on it, jump over there for a quick catch up. You will be blessed. All right. I love this quote from Anne Ruth Schabacher. <laughs> I think I might have to edit that out. Schabacher. Each day comes bearing its gifts. Untie the ribbon. Untie it. And that is what we are doing today. We're untying the ribbon of this day, of this moment, of this breath of time. And we're learning more and more about the moments that encompass right now. Forever is composed of right now. Uh-huh. So by the end of this episode, we will have touched on another one of the keys that the Lord has highlighted for us. Together, we are going to recap the first keys. And I'm also going to fill in the blanks and do a little jogging of our memory. So number one, remember, it's to govern your own race. We talked an awful lot about time. We talked from Revelations and how our experiences with time in time in this key. And remember Fathers and my desire is to release what we, Trinity, us together in our oneness, what we experience together. Remember in the episode? So that we would release it, but you would experience it in your own language between you and God. My encouragement was for you to have a conversation with the Father Ask him to speak to you in your own language, not my language. My language is metaphorically something that we share between you and I, but your own language. And I asked him that he would share the same thing, but in a unique and different, very personalized. You can raise your hand if you asked him that from episode one, or I should say key number one. Mm-hmm. Yay, if you did that, good job. I'd love to hear about it. So in the comments, on the show notes, just drop it right in there. That would be awesome. If you have been a listener, intentional now listener for some time, for a while, it appears if you've noticed that God tends to circle 
back over a subject matter that you and I have talked about in the next week. It's kind of like a teacher waiting for you to make what has been taught and to encounter it experientially. God puts a thought, a question on the table, and then through the week, he makes it personal so that we understand him in our relationship. So that that is what God seems to do, at least in my relationship with him. When I mentioned govern your own race, surely... Last week's episode was an alive encounter stepping into the courts of heaven. Episode 134 is excellent. So he circled right back around and said, okay, let's govern your own race. And we did. Okay, so make sure you catch that. And then number two, clarity now versus tomorrow. Happiness not in another place, but this place today. Not for another hour, but for this hour. Walt Whitman. So when I looked into his face and experienced his face in all the different and unique ways that he shows you and I, it, it clarifies today, the now, the living, the moment, when you step in to experience him. I guess you could say to experience him in you, (laughs) meaning you turn aside, you turn your attention, you salal, you the moment, you quiet, you pause, you think about that. When that happens, then what it does, it lights a flame that burns into tomorrow. That's clarity now versus tomorrow. So it burns into tomorrow. It burns towards your future that you have caught a moment and you just extend in that moment of being in him. So we dive deep into what Jesus said for the joy set before me. And because we're looking into Jesus as the author and the perfecter and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Clarity now versus tomorrow. So Jesus experienced that. Number three. We focus future, close past. So we're going to continue to piggyback on that, make it circular on his thought. The joy that was set before Jesus was something that he experienced ahead of time. It was set before him. There's joy right there so that he could draw on the strength of the experience when he went to the cross to close our past and bring us into the future. No death, no sin, no sickness. And that's not to say that negativity and evil is not as close as a button on the internet or a news channel, right? It's all right there. Let Let me go back around and say that again. 
the joy that was set before Jesus was something that he experienced ahead of time. Like when he stepped up the Mount of Transfiguration ahead of time, he saw himself glorified. He saw himself and heard himself and felt himself speaking to Elijah and Moses. And then here's Peter, James, and John also in the experience. So that set in him the experience. And and so it became a joy that he could draw on, a joy to help him push through the cross. Mm -hmm. Focusing on the future, knowing Jesus Today and how he speaks in this day to you and I, we close the past and we focus on what he is saying that it moves us forward, right? Jesus offered his life, offer, he offered it across time. It, it sat upon time. It governed time. And he offered it across any decision we would choose to make or decisions that we might withhold. Let me circle back around on that. Speaking of human life, our brothers and sisters in him, sometimes we can always look at our life and see points in time where, like a sheep, we've gone astray. We've gone a different direction. Mm -hmm. But Jesus, because he experienced the joy ahead of time, he could endure the cross on our behalf because he's met us already. He knows us already. Mm. I hope that helps a little bit. It's sometimes challenging to bring the thought forward. Mm -hmm. Let me try again. So there is a very special place that I meet with the Lord. Mm -hmm. We're going on about four years now, a very, very special place. But that place is not just mystical, even though I encounter it as being mystical. It's alive. It's tangible. It is a real place, yet I feel it. And there are promises that are embedded in it and woven in it, and it just keeps building and growing. But I feel in that moment when I encounter him, in this mystical place, it's, it's tangible. And it, it's like one word of being in him releases the creativity, the effort, the aha, the, mom, the momentum to move forward. And it governs the race. It governs the day. It governs the time. It keeps the past closed so that I could focus into the future, but from a perspective of right here and now. (laughs) Good stuff.
good stuff. Our next key. This turned out to be a pretty big key today. <laughs> what did Jesus say? Mm -hmm. I googled that and to find out where did that originate? Where did it start turning into a hubbub? Where did you find it on people's t-shirts and on bumper stickers, right? What did Jesus say? <laughs> I just couldn't find the root for it, but it did. It was in an era of time. So if you know it, please share it with me. What did Jesus say? Hmm. Hmm. What did he say? What is God's highest and grandest intention in the heavens? And how is that dovetailed upon the earth? <laughs> it's unbroken in our oneness. <laughs> he is so delighted with you and I. I love Romans 8. Yes. And I'm going to share an overview from Romans 8 as we look at what did Jesus say? Mm -hmm. What is he saying? It, it's plural. It's living. What is he saying? We're not just considering what's been said through the mouth and pen of others. We're making it personal today. So in Romans 8, it shares with us that the gift of God's Son shows his heart for us and nothing can disqualify us from his love nothing you or i can do nothing there is no disqualifying here now time in any era none nada end of story jesus's death faced our judgment it faced yours and mine right or wrongs the right choices and the bad choices and his resurrection it reveals our righteousness, mm -mm -mm. our right standing, our right here, right now with him. We are rightly divided and saying yes, yes, and amen. It says that he now occupies the highest seat of authority as the executive of our redemption in the throne room of God, meaning him and God, you and I in him, there he sits with the final authority and says, yep, it's done. It's closed. It's passed. And, and it says no calamity can distance us from Christ's love. And we remain triumphant above any threat or power. Nothing in time or space can separate us from God's love unveiled in Jesus Christ. Unveiled, meaning he tore and he rent the veil so that time and space and even our thought patterns or even our understanding of what the gospel said, no, all that is rent. It is ripped. It is unveiled in Jesus Christ. No calamity, no understanding can distance us from the love of God. We remain triumph in what Jesus is saying. And it speaks and it's plural. Some reminders that are written to, for us. Five pathways or things 
that Jesus was recorded as saying very often insights into his thought process according to the Gospels. What was written down on our behalf, what was shared, what was written because they heard it. And so they wrote it down and man has rewritten it again and again and again. We have things to learn about him from what others have said. Number one, what's the most frequent one? Mm -hmm. Think about it. What's the thing that Jesus said the most? (laughs) Don't let your hearts be troubled. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't, no trouble. Don't let them be troubled. Jesus said this so often. He said it many different kinds of ways to emphasize the importance of coming into relationship with him. And that manages fear. Talk to him about fear if you're afraid. Talk to him about fear and it manages fear. Totally contrasting to letting our fears control our lives. Because Jesus believed we should face them head on. He still talks to you and I today and he says, okay, Kristen, really? Is, is that what you think? He talks to me like a husband, a brother, a God, <laughs> so that I can get a handle on fear itself. And in scripture, we're very familiar with, he said things like, ah, don't worry about what you or eat or drink. And don't be afraid, Peter, or follow me. And you will become fishers of men. (laughs) I have a hint for you. This works so well for me. When you ask Jesus a question, even if it's just in your thoughts, he is part of us. So our conversation is fluid. It's like breath itself. Have you ever heard something in your head? And then you ask him, Or you hear it, and then all of a sudden you say, Jesus, did you say that? I do that. I go, um, wait a minute. Jesus, did you say that? It works wonderful. Uh Uh-huh. And he will either say to me, nope. And then that roots out a negative thought. Yeah, or it also works wonderfully when he says, yep, I said that. I go, oh. Hot diggity dog reiterates the answer of who he is. It works so good. You just try that. Try that little hint. Next time you're having one of those conversations without words and you ask a question and most of the time the answer starts coming in before you put the question mark at the end. Amen. (laughs) Ask him and go, Jesus, did you say that? (laughs) Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Okay, moving on of other things that Jesus said, and it was written in the Gospels. You have heard it said, but I say to you. Hmm, it kind of sounds like my hint, doesn't it? Jesus often used that phrase to challenge common misconceptions. Or misunderstandings. Yeah, what I know today about him, about 
his truth has changed. It's not the same that it was 10 years ago. It is just not the same. Because he wants people to understand the truth when you hear truth, that it's not misleading. It's not false information. (laughs) My podcast intro says, Jesus has redefined what we used to say yes to. Uh huh. He's redefined him because I know him as truth. And when he tells me something, you've heard it said. But I say to you, see, there, there's the contrast right there. You may have heard it said. It might have been preached. It might have been shared out of the word. But he tells me this. And it brings the truth out of the word, the truth out of the matter. Amen. Another one. Surely, surely, I tell you. <laughs> or, he, or it says, truly, truly, because Jesus is always saying, amen. Jesus is emphasizing the solid and unwavering nature of truth. Uh huh. He wants us, you and I, to know that he is teaching us and growing to us and speaking to us so that we can learn to trust him because he's trustworthy so that we don't doubt. That's why we experience him in relationship when he says, surely, surely, or truly, truly in scripture. I guess you could add that to your hint. You could look at him and go, Jesus, Is that like a truly, truly here? (laughs) I am having so much fun with this. He also said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's closer than you think. (laughs) Well, you and I stepping into the mystical, stepping into unpack, know, and be totally comfortable in the spirit It is closer than you think. Jesus often speaks about the kingdom of God. And he emphasizes that it's nearer than we understand, than we believe. And that's why we experience him to grow. He wants you and I to realize that we can experience him in the here, in the right, absolutely now, the the now, like he's listening and like he's pulled up one of my office chairs and he's sitting here right next on my desk, right here, Uh uh-huh, right here, and he hears the questions, yes, Mm mm-hmm, and we're going to piggy that, this last one in here, because Jesus said this an awful lot, blessed are ye. He also said a few woe to you, but we're going to focus on the blessed are you from the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. Jesus used this. And when he said, blessed are you, here's the contrast over here. He took two phrases. So they actually contrast the right, the left, the left, and the right. Because he was warning people about their actions and that the actions had real world consequences. He wanted to share with people that the closeness of God and that God noticed everything they did, 
Now, it's not to highlight reward or punishment. That is religion. But it's to stimulate a lifestyle of holiness. Of holiness. What does holiness mean? In 1 Corinthians, from the mirror, of God's doing are we in Christ. He is both the genesis and the genius of our wisdom. A wisdom that reveals how righteous, yep, you and I, right standing right here and now, sanctified and redeemed, we already are in him. Now, you could say that we already are in him at any point in time in your life. Changes things, doesn't it? So when I was making my own choices, he would come right around and say, I already am in him. Mm -hmm. No matter the choice, mm -mm, we already are in him. Mankind's association in Jesus is there totally... In partnership, it's God's doing. His design in Christ, we're associated in his oneness with him. Our wisdom is sourced in this union. Our righteousness and holiness originates in him. What does holiness mean? Holiness equals wholeness and harmony of a person's spirit soul, and body. Holiness equals wholeness and harmony of a person's spirit, soul, and body. Our redemption is sanctified in him. He redeemed our identity, our sanity, our health, our joy, our peace, our innocence, our complete well-being. Life, life itself, not death. Life, he redeemed it all. <laughs> what did Jesus say? By examining what others wrote and what is written down for us, we can we gain insight on how Jesus is how he's thinking. And it emphasizes the importance of facing fears, understanding truth, trusting in what he says to us. Realizing that the kingdom of God, it is so near that Jesus teach me about that nearness. Amen. <laughs> what well, we might think in this moment and recognize that our actions have consequences. What are those consequences? <laughs> Do you know what the consequences are? Feeling separated from him. And his love. And it is totally one-sided. Mm -hmm. It's from our perspective. <laughs> what did Jesus say? Ah, oh, that is a moment-by-moment moment part of our relationship with him. And sometimes he doesn't use any words. Don't you just love that? 
Holiness equals wholeness and harmony of a person's spirit, soul, and body. <laughs> harmony. So when I'm out of harmony, if my soul or my body are out of harmony with my spirit, that's when I'm feeling separated from his love. Uh-huh. Let's go right back to our beginning thought here, okay? Our beginning thought. Each day comes bearing its gifts. Untie the ribbon. Father God, thank you. Today we untie the ribbon of what does Jesus say? What is he saying to me? What are you saying in him, through him, in me today? And we just acknowledge and receive your approval. <laughs> Even your lightheartedness and your chuckle today, God, you are good. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for uplifting us, loving on us giving us some contrast. <laughs> Jesus, did you say that? <laughs> it works. Try it. Okay. <laughs> did you say that? Yes. Oh, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. It's awesome. And hey, you don't want to miss any of December's episodes. Oh my goodness. Have I got some stories for you. You be blessed, my dear friend. I love you. I love spending this time with you. You have an absolutely over-the-top day, okay? Bye now. <laughs>